0: Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. (laughs) Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast! It's February 25th, 2022, and that means there's 10 months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're going to get all mushy on you as we examine romantic love at Christmas time. We'll also teach you how to snack on some Christmas anytime, count down the top five places to find Christmas in Disneyland when it's not Christmas time, and I'll share with you the name that you created for this year's brand new segment. Okay, let's start the show! welcome you believers to the can't wait for christmas podcast the podcast all about christmas history christmas traditions christmas media and everything else christmas i'm your host comedian and disney nut tim babb i mentioned being a disney nut because i just got back from a trip to disneyland it was a christmas present i got from my mom and really the whole rest of the family we'd kick off the boys' winter break at the happiest place on earth which, side note, given the gift of a fun activity to do in the future is a great Christmas gift. Because when you do the activity, it's kind of like you extend Christmas a little. My wife got me and my friends an escape room, which was fun last month, and my mom got my wife and I a trip to Vegas, which we'll be taking in March. So I still have some Christmas present to look forward to in my Christmas future. <laughs> anyway, back to our recent trip to Disneyland. On the trip down there, I wore the new t shirt we have in our official merch store that's just a nice deep red with the podcast logo on it. And I got stopped several times by folks asking about the show. The flight attendant on the plane, some lovely folks who were seated near on the plane, even in line for soaring. And, California Adventure. and I know those folks definitely listened Because they looked me up on their phone As we were getting strapped into the ride In fact, the Spanish-speaking couple sitting next to us said I think we're sitting on a ride with a celebrity Fortunately, my Spanish-speaking wife was able to set them straight And tell them, no, he's not a celebrity But I did want to give a special shout-out To any of you new listeners who may have joined us Based on my shirt It didn't occur to me that wearing it would translate to Marketing <laughs> But I hope you enjoy the show. And speaking of the show, we should get it rolling with our first segment, because we need a little Christmas now. We
0: need a little Christmas now.
1: So I just learned something embarrassingly late in life. Apparently, tortilla chips are just cut up tortillas that are fried. I know you probably already knew to that based on the name tortilla chips, but this was news to me until I saw a random video on how to make your own tortilla chips at home. But this video was more than just the usual method where you cut the tortilla chips into triangles and fry them up. They used a Mickey Mouse cookie cutter to make Mickey Mouse shaped tortilla chips. And that got me to thinking, I have a lot of Christmas cookie cutters. I could totally make some Christmas tortilla chips. And if I can do it, so can you. And here's how. You preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Take your corn tortillas and use your cookie cutter on them. Could be Christmas trees, gingerbread men, bells, snowmen, angels, whatever you got. Oh, and then save the scraps so they don't go to waste. Lightly brush each side of your Christmas shapes and scraps with olive oil and sprinkle with salt place them on a flat baking sheet so that none are overlapping, and bake them for about six minutes. Now, you'll want to keep a close eye on them, though. They can go from golden brown to burnt quite quickly. So remove them from the oven when they get that golden texture, and then let them cool for a bit, and voila! You've got yourself some Christmas chips. Sadly, I did not learn of this idea until after the Super Bowl, because Christmas nachos would have been a great snack to watch the big game. Now, you can also fry or microwave your chips if you want. I'll put a link to a generic recipe for making your own chips at home in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. But keep in mind, it won't have the step about using a Christmas cookie cutter in the recipe because it'll just be some random recipe I found online. So you've got to remember the Christmas cookie cutter yourself. Now, if you try this and you like it, let me know at Christmas@tancast.com or tag us on Instagram or TikTok. And now, it's time for our countdown feature, Five golden, things. Five golden Things. So, as I said at the start of the show, for Christmas, I got my mom a trip to Disneyland. And technically, it was a gift for the whole family because we all got to go. And we just came back a few days ago. Sadly, by the time we went, Christmas season was long over. Haunted Mansion and Small World were back to their normal non-Christmassy versions, there was no Christmas music piping through the speakers, and there were no gingerbread or snickerdoodle cookies for sale. But I did notice that you can still find some Christmas in the parks, even after the Christmas season is over. So today, I'm going to count down the top five places to find Christmas in Disneyland when it's not Christmas. Starting with... Number five. Life Day Orbs. I didn't expect this list to reach all the way to Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars-themed area of the park, but lo and behold, as we were looking through the gift shops on the distant planet of Batuu, we found some Life Day orbs for sale. These are a reference to the Star Wars Holiday Special, and while they're not technically Christmas-related, I thought it was close enough since Life Day is kinda Wookiee Christmas. So the fact that they were still on sale in February was enough for me to include them on this list. Number 4. Trader Sam's Gift Shop Now, a few years back, Disney took a look at the Jungle Cruise and realized that some of its depictions of other cultures were a little bit outdated and insensitive so the ride got a long overdue update one of those updates was near the very end of the ride there was a character named trader sam who sold shrunken heads well sam is gone now and his place is trader sam's gift shop and unlike most disney gift shops you can't actually buy anything there it's just another jungle cruise gag but right up front is a crate of christmas merch that two monkeys have popped open they are even fighting over a light up rudolph sweater So now, every trip through the Jungle Cruise ends with a smattering of Christmas. Number three. Pluto's Christmas Tree. This one is so big that Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar podcast heard about it from all the way across the country. Just before we made it to Disneyland, they opened a new ride, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. In it, you get invited to the world premiere of a new Mickey and Minnie cartoon. So the line for the ride takes you through a theater that has on display props from notable mickey mouse cartoons over the years one of those cartoons is pluto's christmas tree a 1952 short where mickey cuts down a tree for the house that he was unaware was the home of chip and dale the two chipmunks cause poor pluto a ton of stress In one scene, Chip is trying to hide from Pluto by disguising himself as one of the Santa candles on the fireplace. Well, for the ride, they recreated the fireplace complete with Santa candles. So that's a nice fun Christmas Easter egg you can see while waiting in line for the ride. Number two, Mickey's Christmas Carol sticking with the Runaway Railway for a bit because they aren't quite done giving you year-round Christmas goodness yet. You see, the whole line is like a chronological walk through Mickey's adventures. Like, the very beginning of the line starts with props from, like, Steamboat Willie, his very first cartoon, and then it goes further, and then, as I said before, it gets to that 1952 cartoon, Pluto's Christmas Tree, and as you go further, it gets to the 70s, and then the 80s, where they've recreated Bob Cratchit's workstation from Mickey's Christmas Carol. Fun fact, if you look closely at the accounting log sitting open at the workstation, each name represents the various voice actors from Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's a nice detail. Honorable
0: Mentions!
1: Ornaments! One thing I did notice throughout Disneyland Park, and even Disneyland Resort in general, they have sprinkled several Christmas ornaments in various shops. In fact, my youngest grabbed a frozen ornament on our way out of the hotel. Wait, wait, wait. He paid for it. Well, my mom paid for it. It was paid for. It was all in the up and up, is what I'm saying. But if you don't want to traipse all over looking for ornaments, you can always go to Number one. plaza point holiday shop. I know I mentioned this in last year's April episode, but I couldn't leave it off this list right at the end of main street, just before the corn dog stand is a shop where it's Christmas all year long. They've got those ornaments I mentioned earlier, plus lights, food storage, and all kinds of other Christmas goodies. So if you like Disney and Christmas, this is a must visit shop on your next trip. And that's my list. Have any other examples of year-round Christmas at Disneyland? I know there used to be two more at California Adventure. The bumper cars in Bugs Land had gigantic Christmas lights hanging over them all year. And the ride Soarin' Over California used to end with a flyer over of Disneyland at Christmas time. But if there are any more that are still there, let me know. Leave me a comment at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And now a word from one of the other Christmas podcasts in the Christmas Podcast
0: Network. Hello, this is Art from A Cozy Christmas Podcast. We're the podcast that explores the coziest stories and memories of Christmas. Join me as I invite you to listen in as I read some of the classic stories of Christmas. Stories like The Gift of the Magi or A Christmas Carol, among many others you may not have heard of before. Sometimes I'll have a guest on and we'll talk about Christmas and the stories that matter to them, like the stories of their favorite Christmas memories and traditions. Sometimes I'm joined by my favorite co-host, my daughter Grace, and we'll talk about and try different Christmas foods, play games, or chat about our favorite Christmas movies and traditions, and also teddy bears. So come on in, make yourself at home, and enjoy all the cozy Christmas stories and more heard here at the Cozy Christmas Podcast. You can find out more at www.cozychristmaspodcast.com.
1: Welcome back! So, Valentine's Day was just over a week ago, so that got me thinking about love, because that's what that holiday's all about, right? You buy your sweetie a special gift, get them a card, watch some romantic movies, but then I thought, hang on, all those things are true of Christmas, too. But why is that? I mean, Valentine's Day, I can understand, it's a holiday about love, but Christmas isn't. I mean, it it's about the love of God and the love of family and all that, but romantic love doesn't initially seem like a natural fit, does it? It's just not intuitive, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense how one thing leads to the other. Like, I can't picture someone going, hey, pretty lady, the Savior's been born. Want a smooch? See, when you picture it in that frame of mind, it doesn't really make sense at all. And yet, Christmas and romance go hand in hand. So I thought we'd take a look at that today and explore the different ways romantic love has become intertwined with Christmas. And say you love When I think of romance and Christmas, two words come to mind, Hallmark Channel. Folks are coupling up by the dozens every year on that channel, not to mention all the other similar movies on channels like Lifetime, BET, UpTV, and even streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. And the ratings consistently prove that we love it. We love seeing people fall in love at Christmas. And it's definitely Christmas-specific, because Hallmark does original movies all year, but they aren't nearly as popular, even though they are largely written by the same people and often starring the same actors and actresses. Something is missing when you take out the Christmas element. A couple falling in love in May on Hallmark? Eh. A couple falling in love during Christmas on the Hallmark? Yes, please. But although Hallmark has mastered the TV movie, they didn't invent the concept of romantic Christmas movies. Hollywood has been mixing the chocolate of Christmas with the peanut butter of love for years. From Love Actually to The Holiday and While You Were Sleeping all the way back to White Christmas, Holiday Affair, and the granddaddy of them all, It's a Wonderful Life. Whether it's on the small or large screen, Christmas and romance are getting paired up in our movies. But it's not just limited to the movies. Then there's the music. So many of the holiday hits are about being in love or Falling in love, The biggest Christmas song every year is Mariah Carey singing about how all she wants for Christmas is you. You got Bing Crosby crooning about walking with his lady in a winter wonderland, Dean Martin trying to convince his romantic interest to stay because baby it's cold outside, and a bajillion others I could have used on this list. Then you even have the other end of the romance equation where folks have lost love on Christmas. Poor Elvis is going to have a blue Christmas this year, Wham can't stop thinking about last Christmas, and Darlene Love is begging for her baby to please come home. Now, I think part of this is that most songs are about love, if you think about it. So I think when songwriters go to write a new song, they don't know how to do it without talking about the beginning or end of a relationship. And then there's the big driver behind most trends these days, commerce. Commerce. Companies want you to buy things, and that is especially true at Christmas, so they run a ton of ads telling you that you've got to show that special someone how much you love them with a big old gift, like a new car with a big old bow on it, because of course it's totally normal for one half of a couple to make a huge purchase that you'll be paying off for years as a surprise. I don't know who these commercials are for. I wouldn't even know where to go out and find that big bow, let alone go out and buy my wife a car for Christmas. But even if it's not a car, it's perfume, it's cologne, it's clothes, and of course the other big one, jewelry. Jewelry stores really kick it into high gear on Christmas. They want you to buy necklaces, they want you to buy bracelets, they want you to buy earrings. And while researching this topic, I think I found the main reason jewelry stores know you want to come in and see them on Christmas. It turns out the most popular day of the year for a marriage proposal to happen is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Now, granted this survey was of hetero couples, so your mileage may vary, but it turns out most men surveyed thought Christmas was the most romantic time to propose. However, in typical men not listening to their women fashion, most women preferred Valentine's Day, the third most popular day to propose. Oops! And while we're on the topic of marriage, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it used to be quite popular to get married on Christmas Day. But this wasn't do so much to couples being big fans of the season, this was before unions were a thing, and Christmas was one of the only days that the bride, the groom, and the family had off. So a Christmas wedding was more practical than magical. But going even further back in time, I found even more reason why romance has sort of clung to the Christmas holiday, and it actually proceeds Christmas as a holiday. You see, Christmas wasn't the first big holiday in December. There used to be a holiday called Saturnalia. It was a celebration of Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture. When Christianity was on the rise in Europe, the celebration of Christmas co-opted a lot of the traditions of Saturnalia. And let me tell you, there were some crazy traditions during Saturnalia. We'll probably do a whole episode on it someday, but one thing that was popular was kissing. A big part of Saturnalia was that the normal societal rules didn't apply during the celebration, so everybody was kissing everybody. There was a lot of I love flying around in ancient Rome, and although Christmas celebrations tried to move away from the more seedy aspects of the Saturnalia celebration, it seems some vestiges of them still remain. So maybe there's not one big explanation for the romance we see permeating Christmas. It's just a snowballing of a lot of things. Ancient traditions, available wedding dates, men who don't listen, persuasive corporations, songwriters' preference for love songs, and the appeal of holiday rom-coms have all worked together to make romance an inseparable part of our modern-day Christmas.
0: Long as you love me so, let it snow, let
2: it snow, let it snow.
1: It's and now we get to our new segment, which you folks were helping me to name last time. To refresh your memory, we're going to do a bracket-style competition all year to find out who is the ultimate Christmas singer or singing group, as voted by you. I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what to call it, so I asked you for help, and I got a lot of great ideas, but I zeroed in on two. One from Edward, Merry, March, Monarchy, and one from Brian, Music, Madness. You smush those two together, and you get Merry, Music, Madness. I think that's a great name. With the Mary, it lets you know it's about Christmas. With the music, it lets you know it's about music. And with Madness, it pays homage to March Madness, arguably the most famous bracket out there. So now that I know what to call it, I just need some names to put in these brackets. And that's where you come in again. Who do you think should be in the competition? Sure, there's obvious entries like Bing Crosby, Mariah Carey, and Michael Buble. But what about folks like Wham!, Wham! really only has one Christmas song, but it's near the top of the holiday charts every year. Should they be on the list? Probably. Are they going to be the Cinderella story that takes it all the way? Who knows? All that's up to you. And who else should be on this list? Shoot me your suggestions for who should be in the Merry Music Madness competition. You can do it via email christmas at tancast.com You can leave a comment on the website Can't can'twaitforchristmaspod.com Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram are Can't can'twaitforchristmaspod or Twitter is at christmaspod. Let us know your picks so the showdown can begin next time on Merry Music Madness! This is where a jingle would go if I had written one. Yikes. Okay, I'll be sure to fix that next time. But for now, now, that's our show thank you so much for listening when we next meet winter will be over and we'll have moved into the warm embrace of spring so grab some cocoa and enjoy this last bit of winter while you can and while you're doing that be sure to send me your favorite Christmas artist to kick off the merry music madness in our March episode and until then you believers keep laughing all the way and that was Christmas 1983 Actually, Dad, it's 2023.
2: Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at Christmas at Tancast.com we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod.
1: The, just before we made it to Disneyland, they opened a new ride: Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Werewolf. Tim's Runaway Lips. Come back here! Come back here with the words. Just before we made it to Disneyland, they opened a brand new ride. Mick- <coughs> just before, just before we made it to Disneyland, they opened a new ride: Mickey and Minnie's Runaway. <coughs> Runaway Railway will be the death of me. Why couldn't you call it Mickey's Train, baby? Hmm. That's easy to say. They open a new ride, Mickey Train. See? Easy. I'd been done already and moving on to the next bit, but no. Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. Oh I did it! Oh, that doesn't count. I did it in this goofy accent. And now a word from one of the other Well, nope. There will not be another word. Not another word from these lips. They are trying their best to stop this show from happening. I have to do this show in spite of my lips. Shoot me suggestions for who should be on... Shoot me if you... Shoot me if you... Shoot me... Shoot! Okay, don't shoot me. I don't know why I keep repeating it. (laughs) Please don't shoot me. (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's try that again. <clears throat> but I have to say, shoot, we get to start the sentence. Oh, don't, no, no. though. I, I still say don't.